0: Hallelujah. Praise God forever. All right, if you'll sit down and grab your Bibles and turn to 1 Samuel 3.21. We are going to continue uh, today along what is the Word of God. Now, I know that we all would say, oh, it's, it's God. It's God's voice and it's God that. Well, I know that we say that and declaring it is certainly a part of believing it. But the word of God is under assault today, just like I mentioned that and probably a lot of your heads went right to the author of that book. And uh, since in my gracefulness, I haven't mentioned his name and will not mention his name, but many of you already know him, already reading the book and already following him, I would encourage you to burn the book, turn that television off, and start reading the Bible and get some sense about yourself. That's what I would tell you. Now, what is the Word of God? The Word of God is a revelation. It is an unveiling of something that is beyond the reason, the nature, the intellect of man. The Word of God is a revelation of himself to man. The Bible contains... God unveiling himself in it. It is a picture of God, a picture of his will, unveiling of his desire, his power, and also of man's state before the fall and after his redemption. In 1 Samuel 3.21, if I can have that, and it says, And the Lord appeared unto Shiloh, For the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Silo by what? The word of God. Notice two things about his appearance. The Lord appears again. In other words, whenever you see the word of God, this word right here is the appearance and the revelation of God. Very simply, and the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself unto Samuel through what? By the word of the Lord. And so we must never, ever allow, then there are going to be confrontations. Listen, man wants to reason himself into eternity. And that is a direct assault on Scripture. And on God himself. If you attack the scripture. You attack the word of God. You you are attacking. God himself. You are attacking his authority. His sovereignty. His existence. And his eternalness. Now you may not think you are. But we're going to discover a lot of those facts today. And so we have to understand. That reason is going to rise up. The second great. Challenger of the scripture is mystical interpretation what is mystical interpretation it is things that you see on TV like oh let's say uh, somebody that speaks to the dead and declares that it's a gift from God that's a mystic revelation and then what happens is when people believe that they begin to indulge in it, therefore rejecting God, overthrowing his authority and authenticity of the scriptures. And then the second thing that we see that in the mystic uh, revelations or the mystics unveilings, which are based out of lying signs and evidence producing to draw people away just because they know Aunt May's birthday doesn't mean they're talking to the dead. I really have to say this. Nobody is talking to the dead. You say, oh, but but how? Well, the Bible says that as soon as a man dies, he's either absent from the body to be present with the Lord, or he is ushered into an eternity called hell, which is a holding place until the lake of fire and the late uh, last judgment in Revelation, to 20th chapter. So how could you speak to somebody that is in hell where it's so dark and screaming and wailing and gnashing of teeth? You do not have your senses, nor could you call them up. You say, but the witch at Endor called Samuel up. She called up a familiar spirit. Samuel was already in the bosom of Abraham, and we understand that she did not call him up. Now, we understand... That personal interpretations or an accumulation of knowledge and so forth, even found in science, medical science and so forth, all are challengers to the word of God. But none of them are found true. Only God is found true. Amen. So here we see that God reveals himself through his word. Remember, God doesn't change. Amen? So what he did in one time, we need to expect him to do in another and not seek any other avenues. Amen. Amen. All right. Now let's go to Deuteronomy 29.29. 29. So we're going to be reading and looking, jumping through our Bible today so that you get to see and I get to verify that these scriptures are in here. And uh, Deuteronomy 29.29 29. The secret thing belongeth unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belongeth unto us and to our children forever that we may do all the, what? Word of God. The Word of God reveals us things. There are secret things that God has not unveiled to man that belong to man. Don't intrude to find them. Because you'll find a devil that will invite you into areas that you're not supposed to go. And so you just be content with what the scripture says. There are lots of things that we cannot understand and we cannot explain. Does anybody know where demons come from? Oh, they're fallen angels. Absolutely not. Angels do not have the capacity to enter, inherit, and to habitate a human body. Whether well, the souls of of fallen men before the pre-Adamic race, maybe, maybe not. I really don't care where they come from. Now you can you can swallow camels and and choke on an ad if you want. What I know is this: Jesus told me I could cast them out in His name. He did not try to explain to us where they came from. He explained to us how to deal with them. Amen. Amen. All right, let's go to John one. 1 through 4. John 1, 1 through 4. This is just talking about the Word of God. We're talking about a revelation of God. And it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Somebody say, the Bible is God unveiled. It's God unveiled. And it says, and the same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by him, and without him there was nothing made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of all men. In other words, Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning of life of man, and he is the end of the life of man. So man, Jesus, by himself, gives life to every human being that comes into the earth. And so he is the light of all men. He's the life of all men. No man can exist without him. The word and God are inseparable. Amen. And let's just say that as much as you obey the word is as much as you reverence God. Now, John 1, go down to verse 14 through 18. Got a little tail there. And it says, and the word was made what? And who was the word? God. Somebody say, God. God. Don't be afraid of that word, is God. God and Jesus are the same. They make up a triune Godhead. And it says, and the word, which was God, was made flesh, came in the form of a vessel named Jesus. He dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. As being the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Next verse. John bare witness of him, crying, saying, This was he of whom I spoke, or spake, that he that cometh after me is preferred before me, and he was made, and he was before me. And of his fullness have we all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. In other words, Moses spoke under a veil in 1 Corinthians 10th chapter. But when Jesus comes, Jesus tears the veil. He unveils to us who God is. There is no discrepancy between Jesus and the world. There's no discrepancy be, between him him representing God, being God, and him being who he said he was. Now, if you go to Hebrews 1, Hebrews 1, 1 through 3, this is a great thing that verifies this passage of Scripture. Now, there is no other leader or founder of any religious sect that says they have come from God. They have discovered God or have been enlightened to God. Again, this goes back to the foundations of the challengers of the word, which are mystics or personal interpreters. And so none of them make the claim that Jesus makes that he is God in the flesh. Hebrews one one says, God who at sundry times or in past times, in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the what? So if we did away with the Old Testament we would be doing away with a section of the voice of God and since the word is God and God is the word, so his voice is God, therefore if his voice can be thrown away, so can God. And then it says this, let's go back to the next verse, I don't think I finished that. Okay, yes it did. Now go to verse 2. Thank you. Hath in these last Days. Anybody know when the last days started? Pentecost, absolutely. People say, oh, we're in the last days. The last days started 2,000 years ago or approximately in the upper room on the day of Pentecost when the church was born. It says, spoken unto us by his son, Jesus Christ, who was God in the flesh, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the what? Worlds. Next verse. Who being the brightness of his glory, or the unveiling of who God is, and the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sin, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Therefore, we begin to see that the Word of God, Jesus said in John 14, 9, Have I not been with you so long that you do not know when you've seen me, you have seen the Father? Amen. And so Jesus bears witness. He is a Word in the flesh. Whatever He was in the flesh, He is in the Word. If He healed one person, then He is the healer in the Word. For people to say that sickness, that healing has passed away, is to say that Jesus was a false representation of God. Now, if someone speaks against these scriptures that verify the authenticity and the authority of God and his word, there is not a good end. Let's go to Isaiah 8, 19. Isaiah 8, 19. And this is not a good deal. Now it says this. And when they shall say unto you, speak unto them that have familiar spirits and unto wizards that peep, that mutter, should not a people seek their God for the living to the dead? Next verse. To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to the word, it is because there is... No light in them. In other words, they speak because they have never seen God. Next verse. And they shall pass through it hardly, bestead, and hungry. And it shall come to pass that when they shall be hungry, they shall fret themselves and curse their king and their God and look upward. And they shall look unto the earth and behold trouble and darkness, dimness of anguish, and they shall be driven to darkness. Now, people that speak against the word or come up with alternatives to the word, this is their end. And if we as Christians acknowledge the word, yet do not do the word, then you and I are going to come to the same end. You say, oh, you're scaring I'm not scaring you at all. God's not a God of fear. God wrote that. Don't be afraid if you're doing what you can. But please, if you're not, then tremble in the shadow of what has been declared. Because we take life as, well, whatever will be, will be. We take life very flippantly, but life is a preparation and a proving ground for eternal abode. And if we do not look at it face to face, and we just get to read a little excerpt out of a book, we really uh, don't adhere to the scriptures, then we think everything's going to be all right. It's not going to be all right. And so we need to make sure that we look at the scripture. Could I get an amen? Good deal. Let's go to Exodus 15:26. Exodus 15:26. I told you we'd be flipping through the scriptures, and uh, we'll probably find gold dust on the floor from the pages of the Bibles here flipping. And uh, I'm not making fun. I'm just saying that pages have gold on them, and uh, we'll be finding that gold scattered all over. And I'm sure somebody's going to think that it fell in the service but it didn't fall into service, it flew off the edge of the page. Do I believe in that or not? That's none of your business. It's not important to your salvation. John 15, I mean, I'm sorry, Exodus fifteen twenty-two, and it says this, so Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days into the wilderness and found no water. And when, the, when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of the place was called Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? And he, Moses, cried unto the Lord. And the Lord showed him a tree which, had, which he cast—I'm sorry— which when he cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. But he made for them a statute and for an ordinance, and there he proved them and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, keep his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee. Notice that God gives a word to Moses. Now he classifies it as the voice of God. Notice that when the word of God is added to the bitter places of life, they can be turned around. But so many people just commit to drinking bitter water but God gives us a promise remember that the word brought us redemption the word that was made flesh brought us redemption so God tells us in the midst of bitter places don't get more bitter because it's easy to get bitter when you get disappointed, discouraged, and it seems like the world is swallowing you up, and it seems like God has taken a nap on your watch. God is not taking a nap. Just let God be God, you just stand faithful. Amen. Amen. And it will be the way that God has declared it. His word will not fail thee, nor will it pass away. So here we see that you can turn bitter life around if you simply mix what God has said to you with your bitter waters. Could I get an amen? Absolutely. Now, let's go to uh, Exodus 9, 17 to 24. Say, man, can't you just preach this, Pastor? Yeah, I wish I could, but I think I'll just read it all. Exodus, the ninth chapter, verse 7 through 24. Didn't know there were so many verses in the Bible, did they? Man, I I don't know how many are in there, but there's a lot of them. Anybody know how many? Okay, let's move right on. All right. (laughs) Exodus 9 and verse 17. And as yet exaltest thou thyself against my people, for thou wilt not let them go. Behold, tomorrow about this time will cause it to rain in a very grievous hail such as not hath been in Egypt since the foundation of even until now. The foundation of Egypt till now. Send therefore now and gather thy cattle and all that thou hast in the field. For upon every man and every beast which shall be found in the field and shall not be brought into the house, the hail shall come down upon them and they shall die. He that feareth the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh made his servants and his cattle flee into the house. And he that regardeth not the word of the Lord left his servants and his cattle in the field. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch forth thine hand towards heaven, if there may be hail in all the land of Egypt upon man and upon the beasts and upon every herb of the field throughout the land of Egypt. And Moses stretched forth his rod towards heaven, and the Lord sent thunder and hail, and the fire ran upon the ground, and the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt. So there was hail and fire mingled with the hail and very grievous such as there was not none like it in all the days of Egypt since it become a nation. Now, notice that God gives them a way out. God gives them a way out. Does anybody know what the way out was? The word of the Lord. All they had to do Was simply do what God said but notice what it says but they exalted their self you know when God speaks and people don't do then they get bitter at God it was not God's fault that one cow one blade of corn one servant be slain yet they stood there because they did not Fear God. In fact, it doesn't even say they feared God. It said they didn't fear the word. The word of God. In other words, they never gave it any reverence. They never gave it the place which it has the right to establish in man's life. God has a right to rule man. He created him not only did he create him he redeemed him and if we do not have enough tenacity in us at discovering the love of god for us to put him in his rightful place then we all need to return to calvary and i mean that if there is a spirit of rebellion in god's people and they do not fear the lord as they would fear God if he came in person, there's something wrong with our revelation of what this book is all about. This book called the Bible may be scorned by nations, by men, by skeptics, by the godless, but it should be obeyed by those that declare that they are the people of God. Amen. And so it means, the word fear means to have an all, to give it its rightful place or its rightful due. They gave it a place and a place of superior authority in the life. Listen, we are are not argumentative against God. If God said it, the Bible says, let him be true and you and I be liars. Could I get an amen? But it didn't work. It didn't do that. That doesn't mean God's not God. It simply means you have not met the conditions. God is a faithful God. Not one word of His fails to the earth. Men will fail. Their faith will fail. Their conscience will fail. Their love will fail. God is the only unfailing, abiding entity in all of existence. And so we need to give it its superior place, supreme authority over our life as if God himself was with us. Oh, pastor, I would never really tell that to Peter that said, God forbid that you do what you just said. Jesus turned to Peter and said, Satan, you get behind me. See, we may be blind, just as blind as Peter, thinking that we're trying to do God's service. Paul hailed people to be murdered thinking he was doing what's right. The only way that you can find out what's right is in the scripture. And if the scripture says it's right, then don't become a Peter. Could I get an amen? Don't become a Peter. Don't become a stiff necked rebellious, quote-unquote, disciple. It doesn't become the church to reflect rebellion. The word of God must be placed above everyone and above everything in one's life, or it will never be fulfilled. And if it's not given its rightful place, it'll be filled with idolatry. It'll be filled with idolatry. 1 Timothy 6, 3 through 4. And then if we look over at Numbers 15, 30. Numbers fifteen thirty, Remember, you can get out of things that are happening in the world if you'll simply walk where God tells you to walk. Do it the way that God said to do it. How many of you are married to a woman in here? It ought to be real simple for you. You don't do anything that your wife doesn't tell you to do, and if you do, you regret it. It is a reflection of the way that God rules man. Do what he tells you to do, or whether you like it or not, if you live with the scornful and the ungodly, according to Psalms 1:1 down through 3, you will be swallowed up with death and destruction with the unbeliever and the scornful. Get out of the storm. Do what God told you to do. I am thoroughly convinced there is not one thing that the church cannot be free from and be blessed in and delivered from without or with the use of the word of God. But the whole mentality of man is that we have forgotten that God is God. And we think whatever the world goes through, we have to go through. Absolutely not. We live in a land far greater than Goshen. Amen. And we need to do what God told us to do. And we'll be delivered from what the world is going through. Hallelujah. Numbers 15 and verse 30 but the soul that doth aught presumptuously whether he be born in the land or a stranger the same reproacheth the Lord and that soul shall be cut off from among his people why because he hath despised what does that say The word of the Lord. What is the word of the Lord? Somebody say this right here. Come on, we're not into mystic interpretations. We're not into demonic writings. We're not into presumptuous beliefs. This right here is our firm foundation. Amen. Now it says this. Because he hath despised the word of the Lord and hath broken his commandment, that soul shall utterly be cut off. His iniquity shall be up on him. Isn't that a terrible thing? We wouldn't even have to go through that. But people would rather endure suffering and destruction than obey God. I don't understand it. Presumptuous means this to rise up, to bring up, to promote, and place something else in the place of something that is greater. In other words, when you presume that you have the answer and you haven't went to the scriptures to find it out, now I know some of you are saying, oh, pastor, this is basic 101. Would be to God, we'll just live on 101, okay? But listen, we as a church are in the balances of judgment. The world is looking at us, and if you think it's going to get better, it's not. But we can survive victoriously and be the light of the world and the voice of God and bring people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ if we simply start adhering to God's voice, His Word, his way, his life. Amen. And say, well, well, I just, I think it's too hard. Then I just have to tell you, you're just going to be caught under the hail. You're going to have to be caught. You're going to break the covenant and you're simply going to be separated from God. Your life is going to be bitter. Please, please, please. No, don't get mad at me. I'm telling you how to get out of it. I'm not telling you that you can't. I'm telling you, you're there by choice. presumptuous it says that they do something presumptuously rather whether they are brought in the land or out the same reproach the word reproach means they raise a hand of blasphemy and revile and reproach to the word of god you say that it's god but you haven't even went to the scripture You haven't said this is what the Lord said. No, this is what so-and-so said. This is what X and X says. This is who I'm in partnership with. God, this is what so-and-so's book said. Stop. Thank God for knowledge being expanded to us through writings. But they are not to replace what God says to our life. Don't risk your bitter life to continue to those that do not know what god said just go to the bible Amen. then the word says that so it, it's a it's a blasphemy it, that's how wrong it is and then it says that they despise the word of the lord in other words they mentally think to scorn and to regard it as a vile void disappointment to their life think of that is that why you you tried in a bitter time of life and you didn't get what you thought you got so you got bitter and you started saying forget this I really know that I've been disappointed before you can't trust God listen to me You need to get a hold of yourself. You are headed for a dark place that we read about that you're not going to be able to get out of. We have a God that is calling us. And telling us, get out of the storms, get out of bitterness, get out of places that will decay and destroy you. Do what I've said. Use the word as a high tower, use it as a buckler, use it as a shield, use it as a covering. Come unto me, get into the secret places of God. But do not just think you know what you know. Hallelujah. They scorn. They look at the word as a disappointment. And then it says you've broken covenant. In other words, you've made it void because of your choice to violate it. Now you have disappointed the heart of God. Then it brings in iniquity, perverseness, evil, sin, cut off from the blessing of God. Whew. Let's go to uh, Isaiah, I mean I'm sorry Psalms 50 Psalms 50 Hallelujah If you aren't stirred I am Hallelujah And I am Wanting and desiring And though I may fall a thousand times I've not quit And I'm not going to quit Now Let's look at Psalms 50 and verse 16. But unto the wicked God saith, What hast thou to do? Listen, what's this? What hast thou to do with my statutes, or that thou should take my covenant in thy mouth? Seeing thou hatest instruction and castest my word behind you. Now listen, listen what God is saying. First of all, remember perverseness, reproach. Remember all the things we just read in Numbers, the 15th chapter, verse 30 and 31. Remember, if you despise me, reproach me, blaspheme me because of your rebellious, presumptuous ways, what's going to happen is this. You'll put your word in my word into your mouth and I will say what right have you to do so because you have done what you have cast my word behind you nobody has a right to declare Christianity without keeping the word in front of them the Bible says Philippians 2 16 holding forth the word of life, we need to have it in front of us. It governs us. It is a light unto our path, a lamp unto our feet. How can an a, a evil man or a wicked man cleanse his way or a young man cleanse his way except by the word of the Lord? I'm telling you that it is the light to life. It is called the word of life. It is called the word of blessing, the word of wisdom, the word of God's counsel. But when we put it behind us and speak covenant only, God is telling you, wake up because you're not fit to bear my name. I'm not being mean at you. And I know that 99.9 people in this congregation are believing God, obeying God, and doing what God is instructing them to do at the highest level potential that they can do they may be a mother that works two jobs i ran into a girl the other day at least chicken she said pastor i have to uh, at least i don't have to work Sundays. i'm working four jobs i said get out of here she said no four jobs i'm working but at least i get to make it to church on sunday Listen, I'm presuming that that girl is living all that she possibly can, but her hours are shrunk down. There are many people working 10, 12 hours. I understand because I used to do the very same thing. I never took a vacation. I got to see Nikki at vacation when she would come to the shop and have lunch with me in the week that I was off. Listen, I always worked my vacation, couldn't afford to take them off. I understand the stress of jobs. But what I'm telling you is that I believe that you're living what you can live. Just don't give up because it makes you look or that you think you have missed it one way or the other. Keep plowing through, keep going because look, it's given to you for every man to walk in the measure of the faith that he has. And so if you are not capable walking in one way, just keep going the way you're going, pressing through. Just make sure that the Word is always in front of you and you are applying it to your daily life so that your families don't have to drink of the bitter waters of Marah. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is faithful to his word, just like he told Israel, you put the blood on the doorpost, I'll cover it, and the evil one will not come in. God is still in the business of protecting and fulfilling his word, just like he was in Exodus, the 12th chapter. Could it get an amen? Let us not fail, grow weary, or cast off the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. And then it goes down and says this, Thou, uh, in verse uh, 18, and when thou sawest a thief, then thou consented with him and hast been partakers with adulteries. In other words, the word of God keeps us holy. You throw it behind you. This is your end. And then it says this, thou givest thy mouth to evil and thy tongue frameth deceit. Now this is what happened to people. That do not give the word their place or says that it's a vain vile thing a thing that disappoints you you've probably heard a hundred times I have well I've tried to live in right and it's just nothing goes right well it will at judgment hang on thou citizen speak us against thy brother thou standest thine own Thou standest thine own mother, thou slanderest, I'm sorry, thine own mother's son. These things hast thou done, and I have kept silent. Thou thought that I was altogether such as one as thyself. Why did they pattern themselves like that? Because they thought God was like that. You know, the Bible says in the ignorance of Gentiles, the life of God eludes them. Ephesians 4 17. And it says this, Altogether, I was altogether such as one as thyself, but I will reprove thee and set thee in order before thine eyes. Now consider this, that forget God, lest I tear you in pieces and there be none to deliver. None to deliver. Who does God? Deliver who does God walk with? Could I have uh, Isaiah 66 and verse 2? This is who God answers, this is who God walks with, this is who God performs His word for. For all these things hath minded, hath mine hand made, and all these things have been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look, even him that is poor and of a contrite spirit, and, what's that word? Trembleth or feareth my word. That's who God adheres to. That's who God responds to. That's who God sides with. But you and I must never ever put something in front of God. Could I get an amen? This right here is the word of life. Let's go to 1 John 1, 9. I'm sorry, first John one one. The Word of God was made flesh. The Word of God is unchangeable. First John one: one says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which he have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled. Of the word of life. The word of life. Now look down to first John two, twelve. Notice that we have handled the word of life. Now, first John two and verse twelve. I write in thee, little children, because your sins are forgiven you. For his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him, and that is from the beginning. And I write in you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write in you, little children, because ye have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of the Lord God abideth in you. That tells you the foundation of why they've overcome the wicked one, the foundation of why they've known God, the foundations why they've walked with the Lord, because the word dwelt in them. And ye have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, and the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of uh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of the Father abideth forever. When we put the word of God behind us, remember what they said. We have handled the word of God. I want you to think what this Bible right here says it is. The word was made flesh. Is that what it said? The Word was made flesh. It is now interwoven and transposed by inspiration of the Holy Ghost into this Bible. When you handle this Bible, you're handling that which was with God before the foundations of the earth. Now, you can throw it on the table. You can put coffee on it. You can cut pages out. You can decorate it. You can do all kinds of things with it. But do not treat it common. Do not think that this is an alternative sub- to some subconscious peace. Do not think that it would, is given to you just to appease you in troubled times. This is given to you, and we right now are walking with Christ and we are handling him we are knowing him we are seeing him we are believing in him we are submitting ourselves to him as much as we do to this word this word and so it tells us that when we don't put this word in front of us what's going to happen you're going to be in the world. You're going to be dominated by the three pillars of the kingdom of darkness. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. What's the pride of life? I don't need the word of God. Cast it behind me. I don't need God. It's presumptuous. It's discouraging. I don't want it. I've got my way, and, and that's the only way. And this is what I think about spirituality, and I think of this, and I think that. Go ahead. Cast it behind you. Because all you do is pour concrete around the three pillars of the kingdom of darkness. And you're going to live in the shadow of them because nothing but the Word of God can set you free. Nothing but the Word of God. And without the Word of God governing your life, putting it in front of you, adhering to it, only that will be able to break the three foundations. Or the three pillars of the kingdom of darkness. Now you can sit there in those pillars and you can drink of the bitterness because of the disappointment you thought God was not true. God never lied. And if you think He was not true when He said it, how do you think He'll be true to your salvation? Either God is a God that doesn't lie or He is a God that lies. Now, there are a million things wrong with our doctrines and our theologies and the way that we do things. But the Word of God is pure. And the Word of God is truth. And the Word of God will set you free. It will set you free. Amen. Remember, He's upholding all things by the power that is in this Word. In other words, when God said... Let the tides begin to come in and go out to regulate the Earth's movement and to regulate and let them be subject to the planetary system of the universe. Let fish and let every species of creation be ordered by the moon in the heavens to their productivity, to their growth, to their transformation. To their sheddings, to their change, and so is it. And until you stop seeing the heavens watching over the earth and the earth and all of creation responding to its power, then you know that God's upholding it all by the power of His Word. Could I get an amen? until the rabbits stop breeding, until the rut stops, and until mating season stops with the roaches and the flies, know that God is God. And he is still upholding all things by the word of his power. That's who God is. The word of God is the most powerful thing in the world. There is nothing that stands against it, nothing that can overcome it, and nothing that can replace it. When Jesus came to this earth, He came and said, you know what? I speak what God has said to me, what he has shown to me. He dealt with devils. He dealt with death. He dealt with need. He dealt with storms. He dealt with sickness. He dealt with blindness. How did he do it? He preached to them. He spoke to them. He declared what God had said, and everything obeyed. You say Jesus. He obeyed the word of the Lord that Jesus spoke and who he was inseparable but just as powerful amen Amen. Amen. jesus said the works that i do you shall do also you want to be free put what jesus did into your mouth and declare it stop despising it and throwing it said i tried before i tried i tried i tried listen half this congregation been saved 15 times We got saved, we backslid, we got saved. And that might be this week. We all stumble, we all fall. Oh, well, well, I'm just perfect. Well, I'm, I'm sure they got a fourth throne for you up there in heaven. I don't believe you're perfect. I wouldn't even be deceived to thinking that you were perfect. Because a record of the people that know you would call you a liar. We all have problems. We are all transitioning. We are all cleansing our ways. We are all being washed so that we can be presented unto Christ as a perfect bride without blemish and without reproach. But none of us have got there. But many of us have fallen and stopped doing something. And it's time to start doing it. Amen. Amen. It's time to just pick yourself up. Yes. Quit thinking what people are going to think about you. It doesn't matter. They really don't believe in you anyway. You are to believe in God, not to depend on their belief system in you. Amen. At man's best, he'll forsake you for himself every time. Man tries to redefine the love of the brethren and the love of God in them. But men are not God. They don't think like God. They don't speak like God. They don't see like God. The world can be bombarding you with a million rotten eggs. And God will see you just like he did Joshua. Take off those filthy garments and put on him the garments of a priest. That's how God sees us. So don't stand there and sit there smelling like an egg. Praise God. Let's get up and let's do Amen. If you failed, come to church. Pick yourself up and do. If you failed, coming through the door. Many of you have failed during this service. You had an evil thought about me. That's okay. I forgive you. God forgives you. And you just move on. Don't do it again. Amen. 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 Let's stand to our feet and let's pray. Father, we thank you. God, we worship you that you... Care about us to warn us, go not this way, turn here. It is the highway of holiness, God. You care about us to say, There's safety and refuge. I'm your tower, I'm your buckler, I'm your shield, I'm your secret place. Come unto me. A thousand can fall at one side, ten thousand the other side, but in lot come nigh you. Let us just walk. In the power and the covering of God. How he desires for us to live and breathe. He gave us the word of life. Gave us, gave us, gave us the word of life. Will you live? Don't sit by the pool of bitterness, don't stand out in destruction. Don't pass that on to your children. And don't live in it one more moment. Do what the word of the Lord says. Your waters will be changed, your circumstances will change. His strength will come in your weakness, His wisdom will come in your foolishness, His light will come in your darkness and you will see the goodness of the Lord you will see the goodness of the Lord cast it not behind you hold forth the word of life that will not run in vain hallelujah father we thank you we thank you in Jesus name and how we love you God you care for us so much You warn us, you instruct us, you beckon us, you call us. Oh, God, you're on our side. Who could be against us? We thank you, Father. We are more than conquerors through the goodness that you showed us through Christ Jesus, our shepherd, our redeemer. We thank you for it. Amen.